Wawa. Answers. Ants. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is random local news. This is from USA Today. Meet Prancer, the puppy everyone wants after a brutally honest Facebook post. Have you heard about Prancer? I have not. So Prancer is a chihuahua who sounds like a little monster. (laughs) Okay. Um, And yeah, this person posted on Facebook trying to get people to adopt him because they... (laughs) Because they hate the dog so much. Oh, no. Um, Anyway, uh, animal lovers around the world are asking to adopt a New Jersey Chihuahua after his foster mom shared a shockingly honest review of his personality traits on social media. So she basically just, like, went in on him, but everyone wants to adopt him because he (laughs) sounds like a little terror. Um, So... His, his name is Prancer. He's a two-year-old chihuahua described as a haunted Victorian child in the body of a small dog that hates men and children. <laughs> okay. According to an April 7th Facebook post by Tiffany Fortuna. Uh, <laughs> most of this article is just quotes from this post, but uh, there's not a very big market for neurotic, man-hating, animal-hating, children-hating dogs that look like gremlins. But I have to believe there's someone out there for Prancer because I am tired and so is my family. (laughs) Every day we live in the grips of the demonic chihuahua hellscape he has created in our home. (laughs) It's such a poetic description. Uh, this comedic Facebook post on the Chihuahua's likes and dislikes quickly spread, amassing more than 46,000 shares as of Monday morning. Um, the post continues, Prancer only likes women, nothing else. He hates men more than women do, which says a lot. If you have a husband, don't bother applying unless you hate him. Uh, Fortuna is fostering Prancer for the Oak Ridge, New Jersey-based Second Chance Pet Adoption League, which also has been promoting the viral post to help find the Chihuahua a suitable home. Uh, even though uh, they highlighted plenty of the bad traits in, Par- in Prancer, she also took some time to list some of his best qualities. She says he is loyal beyond belief, although, to tell you a secret, his complex is really a facade for his fear. If someone tried to kill you, I can guarantee he would run away screeching. <laughs> but as far as companionship, you will never be alone again. He likes to go for car rides, he is housebroken, he knows a few basic commands, he is quiet and non-destructive when left alone at home, and even though we call him baloney face, he is still kind of cute to look at. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if you have an an all-women household, this might be the dog for you, and no other pets also. (laughs) Do you have a picture? Uh, Yes, let me pull up a picture. (laughs) I forgot this is the picture they used. dog looks like it's just like i'm better than you like that's exactly. the facial expression <laughs> there are multiple pictures <laughs> <laughs> it looks so grumpy okay, it's gonna be like the a, new grumpy cat cute, oh that's cute, cute that's a cute photo it's gonna be the new grumpy cat maybe <laughs> it does look kind of frowny in every picture hmm it's kind of cute in that one too, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just a cr- grumpy dog. 
when we when we uh, when we share the story, you'll have to take a look at the pictures of Prancer. Yeah, he's, he's adorable, but apparently a monster. <laughs> All right, my next story is entertainment news. This is from the New York Times. And the headline is, Yahoo Answers, a haven for the confused, is shutting down. All right. Did you hear about this? I did hear about this. (sighs) Yahoo Answers. It was a place. It was. was, You could go. (laughs) It was so young. (laughs) We were all young back then. (laughs) Um, So this is just like a news, but also a little bit of an opinion piece, like a... I don't want to say obituary, but kind of like an obituary for Yahoo Answers. (laughs) Um, At times on Yahoo Answers, the people asking questions of strangers lunged for the hallucinatory limits of human curiosity. (laughs) What would a heaven for elephants be like? Should scientists give octopi bones? (laughs) It helped people identify their sense of self. Why do people with baguettes think they are better than me? (laughs) 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 Is being... I'm sorry. Is being popular in high school a good skill that I can use in a job interview? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Only somebody it's, who is popular in high school would even ask that question. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. It sought explanations for the unexplainable. Why is everything at my grandma's house moist? <laughs> And it gave air to gaps in knowledge and admissions that perhaps had nowhere else to go. What does a hug feel like? I think that that's like, not that they've never had a hug, but like, how would you describe what a hug feels like? That's That's how I took it. That's less sad. Like the less sad version. Yahoo, which is owned by Verizon Media, which I actually didn't know until I read this, will be shutting down the question and answer service and deleting its archives. Which I'm like, did they really have to delete the archives? Just leave the archives up. It's so aggressive. Um, On May 4th of this year, erasing a corner of the internet that will be widely remembered for its, to be charitable, less than enriching contributions (laughs) to human knowledge since its arrival in 2005. Less charitably, BuzzFeed News this week called it one of the dumbest places on the internet. (laughs) And Vulture said it was, quote, populated entirely with Batman villains, Aliens pretending to be human, and that one weird neighbor you'd rather climb down your fire escape in a blizzard than get caught in a conversation with. Wow, that's a... Which is just a really specific scenario yeah, that I don't know. Kind of a sweaty premise. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they they had more, like, examples of just, like, ridiculous things people asked them. They're like, these questions... Can you milk gushers to make fruit juice? Can I cook raw chicken in the Michael wave? <laughs> I forgot when my job interview is, question mark. And what animal is Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> um, <laughs> most famously in a question that launched a meme, a confused soul exactly who had learned a is. little about reproductive science or spelling asked, yeah. How is Babby formed? <laughs> yep, that's does a famous one. Does it have the subtitle one. of that question? Because it or like because uh, it's like how is Babby formed? How does a girl get yeah, Parkinson? Yeah, yeah, yes, like yes. I I I didn't write that in my note, but it did show it in the art. It was like yes, how does girl get prognant or something? Yeah. It's like completely <laughs> spelled wrong. Like what is this? It's a classic. 
Classic. It was never known how many of the questions were based in earnest ignorance and curiosity (laughs) and how much was intentional trolling. Answering required no expertise and often displayed little of it. (laughs) But the site clearly was seen by some people, including children, as a comfortable space to ask the questions, sometimes important ones they'd never dare to ask friends, families, and teachers. Um, Here's a quote from uh, my brother, uh, from Justin McElroy. McElroy from my brother, my brother and me. Yes, which I, we are fans of. I'm I'm glad that they have a have a, they have a, a voice in this article. Yes, they have a <laughs> they are quoted in this article in the New York Times. Yahoo Answers was a place for people to put questions they were too embarrassed to ask the people they knew in real life. <laughs> um, the weird, the dumb, the truly, truly demented. It all found a place on Yahoo Answers. Um, they also noted that uh, my brother and my brother and me has featured questions from the service since 2010 because yep. that's like the whole premise of their yeah, podcast like is half like of their half of it is questions from listeners and half of it is Yahoo answers questions. <laughs> yeah, which is just great. It's just great. But also this is rough for them. Yeah, now they're not going to have that source. Any- well, I guess they could go into the arc. They yeah. won't have the archives. They're well, going to think, save the archives. I think they have a very large backlog of previously submitted oh, questions. Okay. Hopefully they can go through. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, they have a big enough following that they can get. User questions. It was literally the first thing I thought when I heard that it was shutting down. Is like, what is my brother, my brother, and me going to do? Yeah, yeah. So um, other websites, including The Verge, are now like compiling lists of like the best of Yahoo Answers and like posting articles about it and stuff. So I won't go into all those, but yeah. those exist too. I would recommend going and reading those though because uh, it's a joy. <laughs> They're so. wonderful. Last week tonight with John Oliver also did like a oh, summary really? of like the best questions. That they found on it. That was probably hilarious. And it was like a dramatic reading of all of them. So it was very, very good. I think if uh, Jane Leno was still doing like the Tonight Show, I think he would have done this. David Letterman probably would have done like a top 10, one of his list things that he did. Yeah. So, yeah, an end of an era. Yahoo answers. Yeah. Where will we ask stupid questions now? My next story is animal news. This is from The Guardian. Indian jumping ants have ability to shrink brain and regrow it. I, why would they need to do this? I'm going to get into that. All right. And it gets weirder. Okay. Um, so few species in the animal kingdom can change the size of their brain. Probably to no one's surprise. <laughs> Fewer still can change it back to its original size. Makes sense. Now, <laughs> yeah, I'm following you so far. <laughs> now researchers have found the first insect species with that ability, the Indian jumping ant. Uh, in contrast to their other ant cousins, Indian jumping ants' colonies do not perish once their queen dies, which I didn't actually realize about regular oh, ant colonies. I didn't know that either. Um, hmm. Instead... Workers take her place with expanded ovaries and shrunken brains to produce offspring. But if a worker's pseudo-queen status is somehow revoked, their bodies can bounce back, according to this new research. Can we pause? Yeah. So a lot, there's a lot there. Ants die if their queen dies? Like their colony will kind of die out, I guess, because they're no longer reproducing. But they don't. And they don't replace the queen? They don't replace the queen in most cases, it sounds like. Huh. But this species does, and they do that by, like, some worker ant suddenly shrinks its brain and, like, grows its ovaries and becomes a queen. Yeah. But can also change back into a regular worker ant and, like, along with and the physiological changes, like, that go with that. 
which is crazy. <laughs> that is that is fascinating. They, wow. That they mentioned like, that like this effectively oh. makes these colonies immortal compared to other ones because it can just constantly replace any queens that die. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, Whoa. so typical, typically ant, for ants, uh, whether it will be a worker or a queen is decided at the larval stage. And there's like some mix of hormones or something that they can give to a baby ant that will turn it into a queen. And then that queen releases some pheromones that are like, I'm the queen. I'm the only ant okay. that can reproduce that kind of thing. Um, for Indian jumping ants, though, within hours of the queen's death, a frenzied ritualized combat commences in which workers... I know, it gets weirder, I told you. In which workers engage in fierce duels that involve jamming antenna into each other's faces. What? <laughs> what the So heck? basically, the queen dies, and they have a jousting tournament to determine who replaces her. Uh, the tournament can last up to a month, and the chosen... <laughs> The chosen pseudo-queens are the multitaskers who can both duel and activate their ovaries. So, like, they're going through these transformations during the process of this combat, I guess. For a month. For, a, for up to a month, yeah. How um, have we never heard of this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the pseudo-queens see their life expectancy increase from about six months to up to five years when this happens. Their ovaries swell to five times their previous size filling up the entire abdomen and the brain shrinks by anywhere from 20 to 25 percent which researchers uh, suspect is a process designed to divert limited resources to egg production that whole that sounds pretty uncomfortable to be honest i just want to state that like that sounds like the ovaries just are their whole abdomen now all of a sudden their brain becomes smaller yeah like maybe the maybe the pain receptors are the first to go or something maybe i don't know um but in the study, the team experimentally induced pseudo queens to return to their normal or their original normal worker status uh, to assess whether the physiological and behavioral changes were reversible. Uh, and this is in uh, the Royal Society's journal Proceedings B. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess there's probably a Proceedings A. I don't know. Probably. Um, the researchers hypothesized that if isolated for three to four weeks, the lack of social interaction and care would reduce a pseudo-queen back to worker status when reintroduced to its former nest. Sure enough, within a day or two of isolation, those queens were no longer producing eggs, and over the course of several weeks, they started to display normal worker-like behavior. So by isolating them from the rest of the, the group, they could just revert to a normal worker ant. Um, they even dissected the insects after the fact to confirm that their internal organs had returned to ordinary worker proportions. So pretty thorough. Um, yeah. I don't know if they had a reason to suspect this happens in the wild or like why it might, but apparently it can. Well, if there's like multiple of them going through this, yeah, only one can be chosen, right? Well, it sounds like they can have multiple. Oh. In this particular type of ant. I missed that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I actually said it. I think there was something in the article about it. But Th- That they, like, multiple of them could come out on top and they could have multiple queens. Could end up being multiple queens, yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, they didn't talk about it much. But, yeah, that's a good point, wow. though. Like, maybe there, if there were too many queens, they would, some of them would revert back to normal workers. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. So, yeah, <laughs> I let's. I didn't know any of let, this. Let's go back to the whole jousting tournament part. Um <laughs> So they joust uh-huh. for up to a month. Yeah. Have you ever heard of any animal doing that? 
that. Like a jousting? I mean, I'm sure there's animals well, that have, okay. like, combat-based things where they determine who's, like, the alpha yeah, in a situation. Because I don't, true. don't, like, mountain goats and stuff do that. Things with horns? They're, I don't know if that's, do like, they a do that or, is it only... or a, like, a... I mean, they might be competing for mates or something. Lions do that. Which would be kind that. of a similar thing. Male actually. lions yeah. will, like, battle each other for, to be the, like... The Lion main, King. The Lion... The Lion... Yes. <laughs> 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 to be the Lion King. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just... I didn't... I don't know. Just, I've never heard of, like, ants. I also think of, like, bees in that way, too, since they have queens, too. Mm-hmm. Which, like... Bees also just have a queen. Yeah. But I thought for some for some reason I don't know, I thought if like the queen dies, like they I thought a new, a new one queen happened. Too. Yeah, like a new queen and happened, maybe that but is I don't the know how. For, the case for bees, but like not for ants. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably Who so knows? many weird things that insects do that we don't know about just probably. because we don't like watch their entire lives very They're often. like they're like underground and like we can't see them all the time and yeah. it's hard to study them. Mm-hmm. And if they get in their house, we kill them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for all those reasons. For all anyway, those reasons. Yeah, that's fascinating. That is super cool. Yeah. My next story is food news. This is from Reuters.com. And the headline is Domino's and Nuro to start robot pizza delivery in Houston. Ro- wait, what? <laughs> robot pizza delivery. Robot robots delivering pizza. So like Robotic cars or what? I guess you're um, going to probably answer that. They didn't describe the robots in detail. Oh. <laughs> it's small, low-speed. I thought it was going to be like those ones that can go on the sidewalk. That we saw a picture of like probably like two years ago. Do you remember? we? I, I think I brought a story like two years ago that was about like oh. delivering these things, delivering food that would go down the sidewalk and yes. it had like stuff in it. Yes. I think it's those. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a photo, so I apologize, but I'm that pr- would I make thought sense, that that's though. what it was. That would make sense. Um, so Domino's Pizza and Neuro Incorporated, a Silicon Valley startup, announced this week that they will launch a robotic pizza delivery service in Houston as they seek to satisfy increasing online orders during the pandemic. And then it says, with small, low-speed vehicles to carry packages instead of people, Neuro has been pulling ahead of other autonomous vehicle startups and gaining regulatory approval. So it might be on the street, actually, but it says it's a small thing, and it's not supposed to carry a person in it. Okay. Um, They actually got clearance last year to start unmanned delivery services, like regulatory clearances for that. So, yeah. um, Yeah, That's probably easier when you just have a package, so... Right, not worrying about human life. Yeah, and if it's like a low speed kind of thing, right? It's not. It's not going to like. It's not going to be very run dangerous. into somebody. Yeah. Yeah. The delivery service will begin at Domino's outlets in Houston before expanding to serve customers in many other locations as part of a long term partnership. Neuro, which has already partnered with retailers Kroger, Walmart, and CVS to deliver groceries and prescriptions, said its weekly deliveries had nearly tripled in the first three months of the pandemic. So they're like, that whole model of like delivering stuff is like really growing, which totally makes sense because everyone's ordering everything delivered yeah. now. So, including me, I do it too. Yeah. Not like everything, everything, but like, <laughs> yeah, like way more than you know before the pandemic. I yeah. would 
obviously just go to the store for stuff, but now it's like everything is delivered <laughs> and it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in Cleveland soon we'll see that, that too, but probably not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I want, I want them. I I like that. I, I like that use of robots for delivery and stuff. I think that's me good. too. Yeah. My next story is dinosaur news. This is from CBS. Scientists discover the monkey dactyl, a Jurassic era flying dinosaur with opposable thumbs. It's not. Is like, it actually a- called? It's not actually like called the monkey oh, okay. dactyl, but it is. Okay, it yes. is nicknamed that. That's like and my it's not first like, question. Like, yeah. did they actually <laughs> call it a monkey dactyl? Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's not even. It. It's not even like half monkey, half pterodactyl. It's just a pterodactyl with thumbs. Um, but, oh. Yeah, anyway. I don't know what I was saying. Anyway, okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's it soared across the skies, had opposable thumbs, and lived in China during the Jurassic era. Meet the monkey dactyl, a newly discovered flying dinosaur. Uh, the bizarre con- Compengoteris antipolicatus, appropriately uh, nicknamed the monkey dactyl. It's a lot easier to say yeah, monkey it dactyl. Is. Uh, lived in a forest ecosystem 160 million years ago. An international team of researchers said in a report published in the journal Current Biology on Monday, which doesn't seem like the right journal for something about ancient life. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, current Biology. Here's a study about yeah, dinosaurs. Here's a study about a 160-million-year-old dinosaur. It's funny. Uh, pterosaurs were the first known vertebrates to fly, researchers said. The arboreal pterosaur species uh, marks the oldest of its kind with true opposable thumbs, a phenomenon never before seen in the species. So this is the first pterosaur we know has opposable thumbs. Uh, this, the discovery also marks the earliest known record of a true opposable thumb in the history of Earth. So this is the most ancient opposable thumb as well. Wow! Scientists found the monkey dactyl fossil in China in September of 2019. Using micro-CT micro scans to enlarge the anatomical features, they found the small fossil preserved both hands, which featured an opposed pollux or thumb on each. Uh, an opposed thumb is extremely rare among reptiles, but they are commonly found in mammals. Um, hmm. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess for example, no, we have them. Um, <laughs> I just realized that, yeah, like it's not a re- like reptiles don't have. Yeah, they don't that. typically have like a grippy hand. They can. I mean, like, some have a grippy. A hand, grippy, yeah. Like some I mean. have a grippy hand, but some I know can't what you grip. mean. Like well, lizards they, and stuff. <laughs> I I know what you mean. They, can, they don't have the the motion of grasp of the gra- the grasping motion. Yes. Yeah. Um. But uh, researchers say the monkey dactyl likely used its thumb for climbing and grasping, an adaptation for living in trees. Uh, they also determined the animal to be very small, with a wingspan of about thirty three inches. So oh, it was pretty tiny. Yeah, it sounds kind of cute actually. Like yeah. a tiny little pterosaur with thumbs. Yeah. It's like climbing up and down trees. It is kind of cool. Yeah. And cute. I like it. I'm okay with this. I want a pet monkey dactyl. Would that be fun or would that just be, it would just be flying around your house and like destroy everything? I don't know. It would probably be confused by being in modern times. <laughs> so it's hard to say what it would do. <laughs> probably. My next story is science news. 
This is from elifesciences.org. And the headline is, Simple Genetic Modification Aims to Stop Mosquitoes from Spreading Malaria. I feel like we might have talked about this maybe before, or I just read about it before. I don't remember. but It sounds familiar, but yeah, I don't remember why. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so altering a mosquito's gut genes to make them spread anti-malarial genes to the next generation of their species shows promise as an approach to curb malaria uh, suggests a pr- preliminary... <clears throat> hold on suggests a preliminary study published this week in eLife. The study is the latest in a series of steps towards using CRISPR gene gene editing technology, I'm stumbling over my words today, to make changes in mosquito genes that could reduce the ability to spread malaria. In this particular study, scientists genetically modified the malaria-transmitting mosquito Anopheles gambiae. Oh, fancy. Yeah. They used the CRISPR technology to insert a gene that encodes an anti-malarial protein amidst genes that are turned on after the mosquito eats a blood meal. So, like, there was, like, a bunch of stuff that gets activated when it drinks blood, and they just put this one in there, and it's an anti-malarial. It makes an anti-malarial protein. So when it drinks blood, it'll start producing the anti-malarial protein. Okay. Um, the, The team did this in a manner that allowed that whole or the whole section of DNA to also function as a gene drive that could be passed on to most of the mosquitoes offspring. I didn't really look into the details of what a gene drive is, Hmm. like what that term means, but just from the context of this, it sounds like it means like that it'll it'll like get passed off to your offspring. Basically it's part of your like information. Yeah. Like it's it's not just like a temporary, like, okay, just you have this in your DNA Mm -hmm. now, which I guess is like, you have to, I don't know, do special things for to make it that way. Yeah. So, um, okay, so then next the team bred the mosquitoes to see if they were able to successfully reproduce and still remain healthy. Um, and they also tested how well the malaria parasite developed in the mosquitoes' guts. And there, that's a funny way to say that. Their experiments <laughs> provide preliminary evidence that this approach could create successful gene drives, as in they, like, they, they were able to show a proof of concept that it would pass on to the offspring and they would they had a reduced ability uh, to harbor the malaria inside of them because of it. So that sounds good. Yeah. Um, and then it said that growing mosquito resistance to pesticides, as well as malaria parasite resistance to anti-malarial drugs has created an urgent need for new ways to fight this disease. Um, so this method uh, could work, but scientists must prove that this approach is safe and effective first before they start releasing genetically modified mosquitoes into the wild. So they haven't gotten that far yet with this particular method, but it's showing promise. So. All right. It's cool. Yeah. All right. It's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. Monkadactyl. Ready, set, Go! Go! Found this on uh, CNBC. Taco Bell to open first digital-only U.S. location in Times Square. A digital-only Taco Bell. So no people work there? I mean, I think they work in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you don't interact with anyone to get your food. Okay. Which honestly sounds ideal. Um <laughs> Oh, you you like interacting with people or? No, it's not that. It's just like 
I know that they're still there. So like mm. it either has to have no people or like, no, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. You just want them to 3D print your food I have to well. <laughs> Yeah, I do. No, I just, I have to warm up to the idea. Tell me more about it. Okay. So they, they opened it um, on Wednesday in Times Square uh, to buy a, <laughs> I don't know, a Crunchwrap Supreme or Soft Taco or, you know, anything else on Taco Bell's <laughs> menu, customers will have to place a digital order ahead of their visit or use one of the 10 self-order kiosks inside the restaurant. Uh, the kiosks can also be used to buy Taco Bell souvenirs. What? Which they just they just went blaze right past that. Didn't say anything about what those souvenirs are, which I really want to yeah, know. Yeah, what are the souvenirs? A t-shirt, a cup. Yeah. It's probably like a cup. It's probably a cup. Uh, the location in the Paramount building also features a separate entrance for mobile and delivery order pickup. Uh, the simplified design is expected to keep employees of the chain from becoming overwhelmed because Times Square is one of the city's busiest tourist hotspots for some reason, with an estimated 50 million <laughs> visitors every year. It's a little editorializing on my part there. <laughs> for um, some reason. I mean, I don't know. I don't uh, know why. There's so many people there. Like there's some just bright signs and stuff, I guess. Uh, other restaurant chains like Chip, uh, Chipotle and Starbucks have also been opening digital-only restaurants as their online sales surge, which I did not know about. Um, the new designs are meant to cut down on square footage and do away with long, winding lines during busy times, which, again, I much prefer. I There's a Taco Bell near us that has kiosks. They still have like a counter that you can go to to order, but you can also just order from a kiosk, yeah. and, and I much prefer it. Okay. Because you can just be like, I want this, and I want to customize this, 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 and this, and then that's my order. You don't have to like communicate that to a person. Okay, so the the ordering process t- is quicker. I think with so. the kiosk. Yeah. Okay. And you can like just pay with your phone and stuff. Like it's just, I think I okay. just prefer it all around to interact I mean, with a human. I, yeah, I guess I don't have I don't have a problem with it. Now that you like describe it that way, yeah, it does seem like easier. I guess I'm just wondering, like, why would that cause the lines to be less? But I guess if it's just faster to order, then maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah, I hmm. guess so. That's a good point. Like, I, if there's a bunch of people, it's not better. But I guess if you can order ahead of time online as well, that's yeah, yeah, useful. Hmm. Huh? That's the that's fast food of the future, apparently. Yep. Okay, this is from the Chicago Sun Times, and the headline is "Giant Rabbit." Guinness World Record says is world's longest rabbit stolen in England. Bring Darius home, owner pleads. That's a long headline. <laughs> it is a long headline. Weirdly phrased headline. Um, so um, this rabbit is four feet and three inches long at full stretch, which I don't know if that means they like stretched out its legs or something, but yeah, I don't know. It's like That's a, big a four rabbit. foot long rat. Like think about That's too big. It's four feet long, the rabbit. Like that's like this. Like yeah. that the, that is just weird that's, for a rabbit. It's yeah. too big. So apparently it broke a rec a world record. Um and but it was stolen like this week. Aww. And um from its home in central England. And um yeah, over over the weekend, I guess over last weekend, it was taken from its enclosure in their like backyard or something. So, how do you steal a rabbit that big? I don't know. Seems um, like it'd be very noticeable. There's a reward of a thousand pounds for the rabbit, 
Oh, actually, no. They're, they it's two thousand pounds. Oh wow! Is the reward right now? Oh, it's it's going up. It's, it's five thousand pounds now. It's, it's going. No, now it's now it's, now it's back down. No, let's go back down. No, let's oh, go no. back up. No, it's, oh man, <laughs> it's going all over the place. No, it's two thousand pounds. Um, yeah, but here's a here's a picture. Of the rat, you can't really like. I mean, it looks like it's just a close yeah, up of a that, rabbit. But from that picture, it's not. Yeah, from that picture, it's not obvious that that is a large, particularly large rabbit. That just looks like, yeah, like you said, a close up of a regular rabbit. <laughs> but I believe you. <laughs> but uh, he's a really large rabbit. Um, and so, yeah, if you have information about Darius the rabbit. Um, please give it to the police in England. <laughs> yeah, we want to we want to get this rabbit home. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Nick News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at News. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.